0: Hey y'all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Scott, a moderator from our Discord. How you doing, Scott?
1: Hey, I'm good. How y'all doing?
0: I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, we are doing a special crossover episode with Straight Up Enigma Podcast. We're going to be having a spooky gaming story for you guys. They're going to have one right after this. You guys get to hear some new podcast people. Scott, are you familiar with Hero Brian from Minecraft?
1: Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I've... Uh... I remember back when we were, you know, really playing Minecraft pretty hard, but it was still fairly new. Um, you know, it was just like a interesting little internet thing going around, you know, on Reddit and stuff. A uh, little, little dark, little secretive. It was kind of hard to actually find information on it, but it was out there. It yeah. was kind of neat.
0: Yeah, so for those who are unfamiliar, Her- Herobrine is a non-playable character in Minecraft that can affect the world like a player. Uh, the primary question everybody always has is, is Harrowbrine real? Does he exist? Uh, there's been like endless sightings, stories, and YouTube videos claiming they have proof, uh, and that he's watching us the entire time. So, uh, what we're going to do, Scott, I'm going to go ahead and read probably the most famous Reddit user post. It's going to be a bit of a long story of theirs. And then we're going to discuss it as we go. We'll kind of go paragraph by paragraph and discuss it, and then we'll have some wrap-up. This is from... they don't have the post a name. It's, it's been spread around so much. It's a creepy creepypasta story. So anyway, here we go. I had recently spawned a new world in single player Minecraft. Everything was normal at first as I began chopping down trees and crafting a workbench. I noticed something move amongst the dense fog. I have very low computer settings, so I play with a tiny render distance. I thought it was a cow, so I pursued, hoping to grab some hides for armor. Alright, so from the first paragraph, we're basically just getting the setting. It's Minecraft by yourself. When you first spawn into a new world, what is your feeling when you're when you're brand new in a new world?
1: I mean, you know, when you when you first pop up in the world, you're just kind of like, generally for me, you know, just I I need to figure I need to survive the night, you know. Right. Uh, nighttime's gonna come, zombies are gonna just start spawning, and it's gonna be a bad time if I don't have just something to hole up in. You know, if I can set down a bed, great, but a lot of times you, know, you can't find a sheep nearby. So you know, first thing you want to do. Get some wood, yeah. So, and, you know, you might have to dig a hole in the ground and cover it up and just wait. That I think it's what eight minutes at nighttime is, but
0: something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's all it is. You're just you You're just trying to make it through that first night, unless you're a speedrunner, of course, right? Have diamond armor by the first day.
0: So, the general idea is that you're uh, trying to gather enough supplies before nightfall, you're trying to find a way to stay safe. Uh, a cow nearby can not only provide armor because of the leather, but it also provides food that'll help you survive longer. Uh, so you have a bit of a rushed mentality during this. You're also enjoying the open world. Uh, so it's, it's that first awe moment of a brand new world. Okay, so we're moving on. Uh, it wasn't a cow, though. Looking back at me was another character with default skin, but with his eyes were empty. I saw no name pop up, and I double-checked to make sure I wasn't on a multiplayer mode. He didn't stay long, he looked at me quickly, and ran into the fog. I pursued him out of curiosity, but he was gone. That, right there, was scare the shit out of me. Seeing another player in a single-player mode, I mean, that just seems nuts to me, and I think that's kind of where the big creepiness of this comes in. Have you watched any videos with Herobrain?
1: Um, I watched some, you know, a long time ago. Uh, and, and there were a couple different, you know, ones, like, people just finding weird things. But I remember one... Where you know this guy was just like going through you know just making a mine you know so you're just digging into the ground pretty yeah. much he's just doing his thing, uh you know digging dropping his torches and he I think it was you know he like ran out of torches or something and he turns around and there's a character you know the hero Brian character with yeah. the just you know white eyes just like there in his mind and he freaks out and just just starts running back up his staircase and I mean th- this man sounds like he's having a heart attack. If I
0: remember, I think I remember that actual video and he's like screaming the entire time correct? Yeah
1: yeah, he is. That's what I mean but he is freaking out like I, I, if he was faking it I mean he could have been like he did a, a very good job of
0: it. Yeah oh man yeah that made the rounds it was a classic. That's a real good one. Alright, we're gonna do the next two here. I continued on with the game, not sure what to think. As I expanded to the world, I saw things that seemed out of place for random map generator to make: two by two tunnels in the rocks, small perfect pyramids of sand in the ocean, and grooves of groves of trees with all their leaves cut off. I would constantly think I saw the other player in the deep fog, but I never got a better look at him. I tried increasing my render distance so far, whenever I saw thought I saw him, but no avail. I saved the map and I went to the forums. That's a bad idea, right there. Never took off forums. Uh, to see if anyone else had found the pseudo player. There were none. I created my own topic, telling of the man and asking anyone with similar experiences. The post was deleted within five minutes. I tried again, and the topic was delet- deleted even faster. I received a PM from a username, Herobrine, containing one word stop. When I went to look at Herobrine's profile, The page was 404 So this is like the next scene. This is like the next act of a scary movie, right?
1: Well, sure, yeah. You know, now you've... You've kind of... You know, you've you've been through the creepy things, right? Yeah. You've introduced your world and your character, um, and then just strange things happen. But now you've actually... The hero... Or not the hero. The hero, Brian. Yeah. uh, You know, the antagonist has now connected with you in some way. Mm -hmm. And you have you know, gained their attention. Yeah. Which, in a scary movie, is generally a bad thing.
0: Yeah, and and then from the, the game point of view, too, you're looking at like, okay, so now this threat is beyond the game itself. It's in the forums because that's on the website. And so what is this thing? Is it something that's affecting the entire company? Or is it something they just do for fun? Uh, it's pretty creepy, especially when there's no evidence out there because apparently they're deleting everything. So it's pretty nuts. I received an email from another forum user. He claimed the mods can read the forum user messages, so we were safe for using email. Don't email strangers guys that prompt you like that, not a good move usually. Uh, the, emailer claimed to, the emailer claimed that he had seen the mystery player too, and had a small directory of other users who had seen him as well. Their worlds were littered with obviously man-made features and described their mystery player as having no pupils. Okay, so now it's kind of the thing where there's an outside community that's building stuff like that. Kind of feels like one of those conspiracy groups that we're getting real familiar with these days. What do you think?
1: Oh yeah, sure. Which, you know, back, uh, you know, back then it wasn't it wasn't so prevalent. You know, like conspiracy. You still looked at conspiracy theories like what you <laughs> you don't believe in the JFK assassination? Like what kind of crazy person you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, but. The what we would have considered you know these fringe groups you know ten years ago are increasingly like mainstream. now it's just like mainstream stream to believe in some conspiracy theories, you know oh yeah um I mean, I, you know I'm a fairly rational person most days uh you know even I find myself buying into some fairly plausible ones sometimes uh, and, you know conspiracy theories are often very well designed. Yeah. Um, you know, like I always make a reference to if you watch Ancient Aliens, right, mm-hmm. uh, sit down, watch Ancient Aliens. They make some really, really good arguments. You start to think, well, I mean, dang, you know, maybe maybe some aliens did help build. The
0: There's totally some that have me hooked on Ancient Aliens, I'm not going to lie. There's one where yeah. they talk about like how the rock was perfectly cooked or cut at right angles and like nothing can do that even today. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> Aliens made that rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm hooked.
1: Yeah. But then you go and you look up debunking ancient aliens, and they're like, okay, here's all the things they left out, you know? And you're like, oh, okay, it all makes sense (laughs) now. Um, And, you know, this is, you know, kind of in the earlier days of the internet where there, I feel like there were a lot more just kind of dark corners, I guess, uh, you know, where forums weren't as active as they are now where it was just like something hit the forums and it became you know mainstream information yeah on Twitter and Facebook and MySpace. And, well no one uses MySpace anymore. But you get <laughs> it, you know. So yeah, I mean this is like honestly very realistic for the time that, you know, a board mod could have just been like, yeah no, delete that and let's, you know, let's troll this guy, you know? Right. Um so there's there's a lot of realism to it which is pretty
0: neat. And if something like this happened it, at this time Minecraft is exploding, right? It's all over the internet, and it's trending all over the to- all over the place. And so when something like this little spooky story within a game that's so big happens, it's like if something like this to happened in Fortnite today, it's going to spread even faster and even wider. So then you have people making YouTube videos just cuz they want the clicks and so that spreads the news, kind of becomes like it's it's a self it's feeding itself and making itself bigger and bigger.
1: Well, sure, yeah, you know, and that's that's definitely a thing. I mean, what was it? Last year, the year before, when, I mean, the biggest stream out there was people watching the black screen of Fortnite shut down for the next season.
0: Oh, dude, it's actually the one year anniversary this week of that happening. It's yeah, so which, crazy. I mean,
1: it was wild, but I, I think it's I think it's one of the most popular streams of all time. Yeah. Because everyone, you know, there were just enough people and enough conspiracies and like, oh, what are they doing? You know, it was, it's just, you know, people let their imagination really get the best of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm definitely subject to that. (laughs) All right. Let's read this last paragraph and one that kind of like every conspiracy theorist was like, but yeah, look at this. Okay. Here we go. About a month passed until I heard from my informant again. Some of the people who encountered the Mystery Man had looked into the name Harry O'Brien, and found that the name was frequently used by a Swedish gamer. After some, s- after some further information gathering, it was revealed to be Notch's brother. Notch is the developer of the game. I personally emailed Notch and asked him if he had a brother. It took him a while, but he eventually emailed me back with a short message. I did, but he is no longer with us. Notch. Alright, so, now, is that evidence? What do we do? Now we're kind of like, okay, I, I gotta look up debunking. What's going on, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, something about that sentence, you know, the, just the not. It, like, always kind of gives me chills, yeah. even though, you know, I mean, you know, you know me, I'm a fairly skeptical individual. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, sure, you know, at this point, it'd be like, okay, one could I even see the email you know mm-hmm. um, which back then you know spoofing like an actual email address wasn't nearly as as common so you know if you'd seen like a screenshot of an actual official looking email from you know a notch email address um, I think that would have lent actual credibility um, and I don't think we have that but you know this was like I said, back then, um, people just weren't as skeptical as they are now, I think.
0: Yeah, I think we've learned um, to kind of check our sources, and we just, you know, there, there's so much misinformation, so much bias, and it's becoming more obvi- obvious that people are like double-checking themselves a little bit more than they normally would. I would, I would hope so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the goal. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows, especially with, you know, Notch being, you know, Swedish and obviously you know here in the united states like that seems literally a whole half a world away um so we don't it's easy to be like oh man this mysterious you know guy cuz Notch has never been like a super public person i feel like there
0: was a moment yeah he had his moment where he went onto social media and started voicing his own political opinion he became very public at that moment but um this is all before then and then yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, he's kind of just this mysterious, you know, developer um, who has, like you said, just built this phenomenon of indie indie gaming. Honestly, yeah. um, you know, Minecraft did just explode across the world, and I feel like it was played a very very large part in this. You know, the big spur that we have into these very small studios this very indie game. Um, so, you know, how much do you really know about him? So, you know, kind of becomes the question. It
0: does. And just like you did when you when you go ahead and check out the debunking for Ancient Aliens, so did others on this. And it comes to find out, guys, you can research it yourself. Marcus Pearson, also known as Notch, never had a brother. So, right there, it's like, holy cow, I remember that that was a pivotal part of this rumor. This legend, this urban legend, and he's never had a brother. So that means that the email is probably fake. And just, it's like the house of cards to me, man. It, it totally shakes this entire thing.
1: If you want to think about it in different terms, I mean, brothers are not always blood related.
0: Ooh. See what we're doing right here? We're now we're spreading the rumor again. <laughs> the urban legend is gonna fire right? again because now they're gonna be like, oh, "You're right. It was his best friend growing up. Why didn't we think about that?" Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, throw- you know,
1: I mean, it could be a best friend, and you know, a lot of times, you know, in this day and age, I mean, for a lot of us, our best friends are are people on the internet. You know, yeah. people we play video games with. Huh? So, you know, it could just be some guy he knew over the internet, and they gamed for years, and and you just don't know what kind of history there might be there.
0: My God, man, what if? Okay, so if it was, if that's the case, maybe this guy was somebody who knew about the first days of Minecraft, right? And so they were beta testing their own program in the beginning. And so when the guy happened to have died for whatever reason, he's like, I'll take his beta character he made and make that run."
1: I mean, I do remember reading a theory that talked about how uh, Notch's, you know, quote, brother enjoyed building pyramids. Yeah. In other games, or maybe even, like you say, early days of Minecraft itself. Um, and that was what he was continuing to do in Minecraft. Yeah. Was going into people's games and building these pyramids. You know, that mm-hmm. seemed to be the, the link. You know, everybody claimed to be finding these weird pyramids, you know, like basically perfectly made pyramids, which the random world generator shouldn't really do.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I remember seeing them, like, people go into water and, like, see, like, these pyramids made, and it was like, no, that's... It's it's cascading right now. Why would it put a pyramid there? It's actually supposed to be going downward and made an upward. Structure doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's just not how it's generated. Yeah. Alright, guys, let us know. Uh, hit us up on all the socials or in Discord. And, uh, and let us know what you guys think. Is Harrowbrain real? Uh, you guys can see us in Discord. This here is Scott. He's one of our moderators. To make sure you guys, uh, Stay on your p's and q's. Uh, next up, we have straight up Enigmas podcast. I can't wait to hear it. You guys have an excellent day. Bye.
2: One of the most well-known and chilling creepy pastas ever written focuses on a player named Jeducible, who posts his eerie experience with a Majora's Mask game on 4chan. Jeducible writes that he picked up a blank Nintendo 64 cartridge from a mysterious old man at a yard sale, who tells him it used to belong to a boy who doesn’t, quote, “live here anymore. When he loads the game, he sees there’s already one file save called Ben. He tries to start his own game, but the gameplay is erratic and strange. Unkillable bosses appear in the wrong places. A statue follows him around, creepy music plays, and Link is repeatedly killed by exploding into flames. Each time his character dies, he gets the message, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? As the game turns even more unpredictable, Characters begin to address Jeducible directly, and a chatbot starts talking to him about the game. Jeducible starts to capture and record the possessed gameplay, convinced he won't be around to tell anyone about it later. He even includes supporting videos in the post, which only adds to the extreme spookiness. While Ben Drowned is one of the most famous video game urban legends, it's definitely not the first. From Lavender Town and Morrowind to Super Mario 64 and Hall of Tortured Souls, there are dozens of supposedly cursed video and arcade games. I'm Jaden McKell from the Straight Up Enigmas podcast, And in tonight's episode, I'll discuss the lore surrounding two of the world's most dangerous arcade games, Polybius and Berserk. In 1981, a new game arrived at a handful of backwater arcades In the suburbs of Portland, Oregon. It was revealed to be the only known release from European company Sinuslotion, which translates to something like Sense Delete in German. Polybius was the name players later gave to the game, possibly borrowing the name of the Greek historian born around 200 BCE who was famous for his ciphering system. But in the beginning, the mysterious game, a black box that involved geometric patterns, mazes, logic puzzles, and colorful shapes, had no name or known origin. It was extremely popular and addicting, and gamers would line up to play sometimes even fighting over their spots in line. Soon, though, many who played the game experienced bizarre and troubling symptoms, including nausea, paranoia, amnesia, night terrors, blackouts, and other psychological damage. Players also reported strange things about the game, like hearing a woman crying and seeing grotesque faces out of the corner of their eyes. At the end of each day, men in black would arrive at the arcades, but not to empty the polybius machines of quarters. Instead, they'd download the mysterious data the game had collected from its players. Some even say these men in black would arrived to make the game even more addicting. Because they didn't take any money though, only gameplay, the leading theory is that it was some sort of government experiment using subliminal messages. The story goes that the Polybius machines were removed from arcades after only a month or so And, other than a few photos of the cabinets themselves, there is no trace of the game. No one even has a copy of the original Polybius game file, which are often found and shared by vintage game lovers. While details about the game are uncertain, its story has roots in truth. Just a few decades before Polybius supposedly terrorized Oregon gamers, the government really was secretly testing unknowing subjects. MKUltra, a government-led experimental program of the 1950s involving LSD, was uncovered in 1975 by the Church Committee of U.S. Congress and an investigation of the CIA, whose predecessor controlled the program. Many of MKUltra's subjects did not know that they were part of the tests, all designed to explore brainwashing and confession techniques. Despite an attempted cover-up, around 20,000 documents were revealed in 1977, And more information was declassified in 2001, showing over 185 researchers and 80 institutions participating in experiments with mind control, resulting in horrible effects on the research subjects. Reports of injuries from video games actually happened too though from totally different and real arcade games. A newspaper from the Portland area at the time reports that a 12-year-old boy named Brian played asteroids for 28 hours straight to earn the world record for his age group. He had to wear gloves to prevent his fingers from blistering, and an arcade representative said they had to massage his hands to keep him going. The combination of nerves aggravated even more by the TV filming lights there to record his attempt and too much Coca-Cola resulted in, quote, stomach discomfort. Another boy at the same arcade on the same day experienced a seizure from Atari's game Tempest, a puzzle game with fast-paced, disorienting graphics that Polybius is often compared to. Even the government video game connection is real. The Army and the Marines have and still use video games to train soldiers. What's more, shady arcade owners sometimes took part in illegal gambling so the FBI may have actually been walking around arcades and checking machines for evidence. Combine all of that with the existence of the short-lived 1985 game Polyplay, an arcade cabinet that was recalled, possibly for copyright concerns and you have a pretty solid foundation for a massive urban legend. The name Polybius could have been a misconstrued version of Polyplay, or as I mentioned earlier, an intentional reference to the Greek historian. Whether it's real or fake, Polybius has really captured the imaginations of gamers, writers, and artists. The Last Starfighter, a 1984 movie in which a man in black recruits a teen for his video game skills, might have been influenced by, or influenced, the legend. A 2006 Simpsons episode shows Bart next to a Polybius cabinet, with property of the U.S. government stamped on the front. As eerie and well-known as Polybius may be, it's never been responsible for a player's death. The first arcade game known to have been involved in the death of a player is one named Berserk. In fact, it's rumored that Berserk has killed three people at Friar Tuck's Game Room Arcade in Illinois, but only two of these tragic deaths have been confirmed. In January 1981, 19-year-old Jeff Daly died of a heart attack soon after posting a score of 16,660 on Berserk. In October of the following year, Peter Burkowski made the Berserk top 10 list twice in 15 minutes, just a few seconds before also dying of a heart attack at the age of 18. Mark Allen, the deputy coroner, seemed to think the source of the heart attack may have been a combination of elevated heart rate, Due to the excitement of scoring so high in Berserk, and some scarring on his heart tissue, which would have been present long before Burkowski sat down to play in the arcade. The third reported death may have had absolutely nothing to do with Berserk, but it took place outside the same Friar Tucks game room in 1988. Sources claim there was some kind of confrontation that ended when one arcade goer decided to stab another to death. Some have suggested the fight started over a quarter that was inserted into a berserk machine, possibly the very same one Borkowski had played. Though this is difficult to know for sure now that so many decades have passed. One of the most eerie details about this whole story is that the city where the arcade is located is home to two water towers that bear a striking resemblance to the game's main enemy, Evil Otto. One tower for each confirmed victim of Berserk, The function of evil Otto, represented by a bouncing smiley face, is to quicken the pace of the game. Otto is atypical of other enemies in games made at that time in that there is no way to kill him. Otto can travel through walls and is always trying to move toward the player character. Gameplay consists of the player controlling a green stick figure. Using a joystick and a firing button to activate a laser-type weapon, the player navigates through a maze filled with robots who fire lasers back at the player character. A player can be killed by being shot, by running into a robot, or an exploding robot, coming into contact with the electrified walls of the maze itself, or by being touched by Evil Otto. A Cracked.com article titled The 10 Most Terrifying Video Game Enemies of All Time listed Evil Otto as number one, citing the two deaths attributed to the game, and commenting that, quote, He is possibly the only video game enemy in history to kill players in real life. And Evil Otto watched them die with a smile on his face.
0: Wow, what great tales at a straight up enigma. Uh please guys go head out to their podcast make sure you follow subscribe that's straight up enigma and obviously as you guys heard Jaden does such an excellent job telling her stories um a little spooked <laughs> all right guys uh, we'll have another episode for you guys next week hope you guys can enjoy uh can join us and enjoy the rest of your week see you guys later